Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. God's promises. He's got wonderful promises. He's got promises for you and I as the church. He made these promises to the Jews, and he always reiterated it. Do you notice that? He just kept it going. Don't forget, hear, O Israel, hear, O church, the things that God is saying. Remember where you have fallen. Remember where you came from. Don't allow yourself to get dull of hearing. Listen. God gave you two ears and one mouth. Listen twice as much at the very least. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Welcome to Truth in Christ Radio for today. In the final teaching in this section, Pastor Rob reviews those promises God bestowed on Moses and the nation of Israel in order to live a better life. In the Old Testament writings, God promises the nation of Israel many blessings, and Pastor Rob teaches us today that God continues those promises and blessings to the church today. As Moses, Caleb, and Joshua obeyed and had faith in God's direction and promises, so should we do the same to what God gives us. Our advantage is that we are in Jesus Christ, and we are directed by the Holy Spirit to know Him and His will for our lives. Here's Pastor Rob with the teachings for today. He wasn't even a Jew. He was a Gentile in the Ur of the Chaldees, in what you and I would call Iraq. He lived over there. He was a Gentile. And he comes out and he says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord said, spoken to him, and Lot went with him, his nephew. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And then Abraham, or Abram took Sarah, Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran. And they departed to go to the land of Canaan, the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Verse 6, Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree at Moreh. See, none of these places, we know where they're, where they're at. Some, you know, the terebinth tree at Moreh. I mean, you go there today, where's the terebinth tree? Well, it died you know, 2,600 years ago or, you know, 3,000 years ago, and it's no longer there. But it meant something at that day. So Abraham passed there, and the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and says, and here it is, here's the promise, to your descendants I will give this land. You are Abraham. You were born from the line of Shem. And through your line, from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, through Moses, or, you know, through Levi to Moses, through through, through Judah to David to Jesus Christ, they were all in the line of Shem. That's why we call them Shemitic or Semitic, because they came from the line of Shem. That land belongs to you. 
And there he built an altar for the Lord who had appeared to him. And then later on in Isaac, in Genesis chapter 26, God makes sure that Isaac knew. All along, he's reminding. And it's important. Remember. (laughs) You have to remember. Like that quote we said, you have to remember where you're going. Remember where you've been from so you have a clear vision of where you're going. If you don't have any idea of where you've come from, your, your future is going to be shaky. But when you know your background, you know where you came from, boy, does it give clarity to where you're going. And that's what God is doing. In Genesis chapter 26, it says in verse 1, we're just going to read the first five verses. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abram, Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. And then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and, it will be, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands. Again, another promise to, now to, to Isaac. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And that is true. They will be blessed. One day when all the, when CNN is gone and Washington Post and all those liberal stuff is gone, they're going to be a blessing. Hmm. It's going to be a blessing. On this earth, for a thousand years, it's going to be a blessing. It's not going to be utopia, but it is going to be a blessing. And then ultimately, at the end of the thousand years, a new heaven and a new earth will be created. This one will dissolve, and we will be in, his, in a new heaven and a new earth forever with him. So because Abraham, notice, he obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, and my statutes, and my laws. Not perfectly, because no one was perfect. And then finally, in Genesis chapter 28, he reiterates the same promise. This land that I'm about to take you in. This land, Jacob. So he said it to Abraham. He said it to Isaac. Now he's going to reiterate it to Jacob. In Genesis 28, beginning in verse 12, he says, Then he dreamed. Remember the, the Jacob's ladder that we read about. And behold, the ladder was set up on earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there were angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of your father, Abraham, and of the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. And I love that. And then finally, now through Jacob, Jacob has 12 sons. One of those sons is Levi. Levi gives birth through uh, ultimately, he, he gives birth through uh, a, a succession to Moses. So now, the promise is being shared with Moses in Exodus chapter 33. It says this in verse 1, Then the Lord said to Moses, Depart and go from here, you and the people whom you have brought up out of the land of Egypt, to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, To your descendants I will give it, and I will send my angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanite and the Amorite and the, Hite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. Seven nations mightier and stronger than you. I'm going to drive them out before you get there. And then finally in Numbers chapter 14, now God says this through Caleb and Joshua. Numbers 14 beginning in verse 21, it says, But truly as I live, 
All the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these ten times and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him. And he has followed me fully, and I will bring him into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. I love that. Don't you? God's promises. He's got wonderful promises. He's got promises for you and I as the church. He made these promises to the Jews, and he always reiterated it. Do you notice that? He just kept it going. Don't forget, hear, O Israel, hear, O church, the things that God is saying. Remember where you have fallen. Remember where you came from. Don't allow yourself to get dull of hearing. Listen. God gave you two ears and one mouth. Listen twice as much at the very least. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. In verse 9, it says, And I spoke to you at that time, Moses says, saying, I alone am not able to bear you. The Lord your God has multiplied you, and here you are today as the stars of heaven in multitude. Prophecy is being fulfilled right before everyone's eyes right there. He says, May the Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times more numerous than you are and bless you as he has promised you. Verse 12, How can I alone bear your problems and your burdens and your complaints? Choose wise and understanding and knowledgeable men from among your tribes, and I will make them heads over you. And you said, and you answered and said, the thing which you have told us to do is good. So I took the heads of your tribes, wise and knowledgeable men, and made them heads over you, leaders of thousands, leaders of hundreds, leaders of fifties, leaders of tens, and officers for your tribes. And then I commanded your judges at that time, saying, Hear the cases between your brethren, and judge righteously between a man and his brother, or the stranger who is with him. You shall show no partiality in judgment. You shall not hear the small as well as the great, or you shall hear the small as well as the great. You shall not be afraid of in any man's presence, for the judgment is God's. The case that is too hard for you, bring to me, and I will hear it. And I commanded you at that time all these things which you should do. Now, this is really interesting, and we're going to end here in just a few moments. But notice that God is saying, you know, Moses was saying, you know, to these people, I, I couldn't bear you. You were, you were too much for me. And notice with me in Exodus chapter 18. In fact, let's just go there. Exodus chapter 18. We're going to look at verse 13. If you remember, they had just gotten out of Egypt. It had only been, it only been like after, after the third month after they had left Egypt. So it was relatively short in their time from leaving Egypt. Finally, uh, Jethro, who was the priest of Midian, who was Moses' uh, father-in-law, he sees all these things that Moses is doing. He's running himself ragged because there's people waiting in line to speak to him. Have you ever been at the DMV? I'm looking at Marianne because she used to work at the DMV. But have you ever been at the DMV and you're, you're there on a busy day and you're just waiting forever and ever and you're just like, you're, you're just starting to like, you're starting to flatline there in the line. And all these people were waiting in line to hear the judgment of Moses. They wanted to hear what God had to say. So there they are waiting, and Jethro's looking at Moses and going, really, you're, it's good that God is using you, but you know, you gotta, 
rethink your strategy here, brother. <laughs> and I really believe, I mean, there's nothing in the Word of God that says that, um, that God told Jethro to say this, but I believe it was the Lord, because we're going to look at two instances, and they're very different. But look at this one in verse 13. It says, And so it was on the next day that Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood before Moses from morning until evening. So when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did for the people, he said, What is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why do, you, why do you alone sit and all the people stand before you from morning until evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God, and when they have a difficulty, they come to me, and I judge between one and another. And I will make known the statutes of God and his laws. And so Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you do is not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you. You are not able to bear, you're not able to perform it by yourself. Listen now to my voice. I will give you counsel, and God will be with you. Stand before God, stand before God for the people, so that you may bring the difficulties to God. And you shall teach them the statutes and the laws and show them the way in which they must walk and the work they must do. Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, of tens, and let them judge the people at all times. And then it will be that every great matter they shall bring to you, but every small matter they themselves shall judge, so it will be easier for you, and they will, be, and they will bear the burden with you. And if you do this thing, and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure, and all this people will also go on to their place in peace. Sounds good doesn't it? It makes sense. And again, the Lord, didn't, the Lord must have put this on the heart of Jethro because we're going to see the Lord do the same thing later on, uh, again, uh, a couple years later with Moses. So it says in verse 24, So Moses heeded the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he said. And Moses chose able men out of Israel and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, over hundreds, over fifties, over tens. So they judged the people at all times. And the hard cases they brought to Moses, but they judged every small case themselves. Then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went on his way to his own land. Now, it's very interesting. You know, he couldn't do it himself. You know, they're, I'm so glad in, in this church, you know, uh, being under Pastor Jeff for so many years, we were his hands and feet. All the elders, all the pastors, we were his hands and feet, you know, because he can't do everything. And now I'm in, I'm in that place, and there's so many people, you know, that have been you guys have been so supportive and so kind, and there's been so many people coming up under me, and, and they're doing it. You're doing it for him. I know you're not doing it for me, even though you might be tempted to, you know, I, Rob, you're a nice guy. At least maybe I am. I don't know. But you're, you're willing to do it. But the thing is, is you're, 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 you're doing it, and we're doing it together. And God has an order of things, and, and everybody's just kind of falling into place. And I tell you, when a healthy body, that's what a healthy body does. And that's why I give praise to God and thanksgiving for what God has done through Pastor Jeff's life and how he has prepared us well. And may, he may have departed a little quicker than some of you may have liked, but he prepared us well. And he took a long time, and he worked with us. He talked to us. He told us things, and it's been good. It's been really good, and I'm so thankful for all of you and, and, and a handful of you who have been really helpful to me specifically. And so that's such a blessing. And this model that we're reading right now is the model that we have in this church. God spoke to Moses. Moses had men under him, and they helped him. God speaks to me, and then there's men underneath me that help me with things. 
And we all know that we're nothing. It's just God's order, like a, like a husband and wife. The man is to be the head of the woman, not because he's something special. A lot of times, like in my situation, my wife is so much smarter than I am. I'll admit that. You know, and, and she can do things so much better than I can in a lot of ways. But I've got strengths that, where she has weaknesses, and we work those things out. But there's an order that God has placed me as the head of our home, and she submits to that, not out of because I've got some kind of machismo sort of you know, bravado. No, if you've got that attitude, <laughs> you've got a problem. But a woman will gladly follow a man who loves Jesus and who walks after him, even though he's not a perfect man. A woman will follow a man who loves Christ and lives according to him. That's why this is so important. So this very model that we have of church government that we have here in Calvary Chapel, this is where it comes from. Now look with me finally, and we'll end here. There were 70 elders later on, and this happened uh, actually sometime after the 20th day of the second month in the second year. And turn with me to Numbers chapter 11. We're going to look at this, and then we'll close up for tonight. And again, this is later on in time. Moses had already chosen the men, the, the men who would be leaders over thousands, over hundreds, over fifties, over tens. Now there's something different that happens. And we're going to look at verses 16 through 20. And notice what it says. So the Lord said to Moses, and again, this is about two years later, Gather to me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be elders of the people and officers over them. Notice they're already elders. These are the men perhaps that he chose earlier. Could be. Out of this group, he says, Choose 70 of the elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tabernacle of meeting that they may stand there with you. And then I will come down, the Lord says, and talk with you there. And I will take of the spirit that is upon you and I will put the same upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you that you may not bear it yourself alone. And then you shall say to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, and you shall eat meat. And this is when they were complaining. This context is when they were complaining about not having enough food, and God was going to give them a really foul experience. So, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, and you shall eat meat. For you have wept in the hearing of the Lord, saying, who will give us meat to eat? It was well with us when we were Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you meat, and you shall eat meat. You shall eat, not one day, not two days, not five days, nor ten days, nor twenty days. Sounds like a Dr. Seuss book. But for a whole month, until it comes, becomes loathsome to you, it's going to come out of your nostrils and become loathsome to you because you have despised the Lord who is among you and have wept before him, saying, Why did we ever come up out of Egypt? And there it is. And so God raises up 70 men to deal with this chaos that's ensuing, right? So God says, of those elders that you'd picked probably from before, choose 70 men that are going to help you govern this people because he couldn't do it alone. And I love that. You know, in Acts chapter 6, go with me and we'll end here. Acts chapter 6, we see the same thing in the New Testament. Many of you know this. Actually, all of you know this. But I'm going to tell you again. You know why? Because we need to hear it again and again and again. We're going to look at the first seven verses. I love this. So we have that Old Testament example, which our, our church, our fellowship, is really founded on that government, that principle of that Moses government. And now look at it in action in the New Testament. Acts chapter 6. It says, Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, 
there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, these are the Greek-speaking Jews, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. And then the twelve, the twelve apostles, summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, notice, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom you may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to ministry of the word. And I remember being a deacon. I'm still a deacon at heart because, you know, that's just part of, you know, you know the men who are here and they're, they're, they're cleaning tables, they're taking out trash, and I still like to do that stuff. It's just kind of in me, you know. But it's, it's important. And, but yet there has to be an order too because now my role has changed and other people's roles have changed, and I've got to give myself to prayer. I've got to give myself to being in the Word, and I tell you, it's the greatest joy in my life. It really is. I'm having such a ball right now. I can't even tell you. Just being in my office and I'm reading and I'm praying and God is just showing, I'm learning so much about myself, about people, about him, and I get to share it with you. I mean, what greater thing could a human being do? You know, that's my opinion. What greater thing could I do? There's nothing on this planet that could bring more joy to my heart than doing this. You could give me a, uh, make me the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. You can have it. You may have all the money, but all it is is stress and corruption. I'll take the zero. <laughs> I'll take the zero. I'll gladly do this. Even if I had a million, even if I won the, the Powerball. I don't play the Powerball, but if I did and I won $365 million in cash and a one lump sum payment after taxes, I would still do this. I have a nice, nice suit, though. No, I'm just kidding. You get my point. It, it is such a joy. And that's why there is order in the church. And that's why we have, you know, deacons and we have elders. And this whole subgroup under, you know, it has to be that way. There has to be that, that support system. And, and honestly, they even do that in the world. They know that it works in the world. And where did it come from? Right back here. We saw it first in the, the way, gov- way God would dealt with Moses. God spoke to Moses. Moses gave it to the people. He interceded for the people, brought that back to the people. He was their mediator. And then God raised up men under Moses to help him with all that stuff, the daily ministrations of things. And just like it is here at this church, that's where we get it from. And, it, and it's, it's very apparent. So we've got to finish this here. So turn with me. So that, but we will give ourselves continually to the ministry and to the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. And then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. And so there's something really wonderful when the church is running well like it should. Just like this, this passage that we're reading about, you know, where Moses is, is telling them, Remember where you've been from? Remember? And remember how I couldn't do it all by myself and God did this? And look at how well, you know, it's working. Never forget your account to be accountable. And don't be afraid to be a part of that. If you can't serve somebody else, you're probably not, God's probably not going to use you to do something greater. You know, are you willing to be a servant? And to me, that's what that, this whole thing is about. God wants to make the, these, the, these people servants of his. Because if he can make them a servant of his, then they will gladly serve one another. 
If this is right, then this is right. If this is not right, or if this is not right, I could care less about any of you, right? That's the attitude of the human being, a sinful human being. But God has a great plan, and his ways are good, and he only does good things. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Deuteronomy. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office for ordering details. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio or sanctuary messages in MP3 format, free of charge, from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcasts. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until the same time on Monday, this has been Truth in Christ.